are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to another episode of Locked On Pistons Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on YouTube. Actually, screw YouTube, starting there. I don't know why I started there. That's weird. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Kuka Hill NBA. Then you can find me on YouTube, at Coos Barroom. You can also find me over at Detroit Bad Boys, writing articles about the Pistons. So, on today's episode, we're actually going to have a crossover for the first 20 minutes or so. I went over on Locked on Hawkeyes and joined Andrew Wade, the host over there, and talked about Luca Garza. Locked on Hawkeyes, obviously, is the college that uh, Iowa Hawkeyes, that's the college that Luca Garza went to. So the first 20 minutes or so is going to be that interview and that whole conversation that we had over at Locked on Hawkeyes. Some of you guys may have heard it already over there. We're going to play it again over here for the first 20 minutes. Then when we come back, we're going to talk about this starting center debate that kind of got propped up. On Twitter today, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to give my thoughts on it. It seems, a little, seems to be a little bit controversial. I don't think it really is, but we'll talk about that. But I hope you guys enjoy this interview that we did with Andrew Wade. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure you guys go check him out over at Lockdown Hawkeyes as well. Uh, but yeah, enjoy it, guys, and I'll see you in a little bit. All right, y'all, this is Andrew Wade of Lockdown Hawkeyes and Kuka Hill of Lockdown Pistons. We are here to talk about Luka Garza and Tyler Cook, uh, but more, more specifically focusing on Luka Garza the former Naismith player of the year drafted by the Detroit Pistons and had what I would consider a pretty superb performance in the summer league. Um, first, before we get into any of that though, who, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. Just got up about an hour ago, but you know, I'm ready. Always ready to talk about some Pistons, especially some rookie guys. I love man. Has it been a little bit rough? I mean, I think the last couple of years, the roster has uh, been turning over quite a bit. The, the performance on the court has not been very good. Do you feel like the Pistons are turning the corner now? Yeah, definitely. I think they definitely got to turn the corner. It definitely has been like a, a, a roller coaster of an experience uh, for what's with Blake Griffin when he came and his time here became like my favorite Piston ever with this season. It was just a ton of fun to watch. And then like everything went downhill and now he's like a villain to Pistons fans. And then we go, we get rid of half the rot more than half the roster within an off season. It's just like just two, two and a half years ago, it was a completely different team. And now it's completely different. So just in like three years, it's been a really big roller coaster, but definitely on the way up. Absolutely. Getting Cade Cunningham, obviously a fantastic pickup at the number one pick overall. But the one guy we are here to talk about is Luka Garza, drafted in the back half of the second round. Um, what was your initial reaction to drafting Luka Garza? So I don't watch college basketball much. Uh, I'm not I'm not a college guy. Uh, but when the draft starts rolling around, I do start reading stuff to try. I let the experts do their thing. I'm not going to act like I'm knowledgeable and something I'm not. So I listen to what the people who are good with this kind of thing. I listen to them and read their stuff. And from what I understood about Luca Garza was, uh, and I don't want to sound too negative, but basically everyone, it, I, basically everyone I had read is that he's that they were out on him possibly being an NBA player because of how awful he would be defensively. I don't think I saw many people question. Uh, his offensive ability, even though I think we'll talk about some surprising things in his offensive game later on. Uh, but it, it was lo- most, mostly talking about how bad he would be defensively, how he would just wouldn't be able to last. So 
Uh, I actually had someone on my podcast who did a, a mock draft and he selected Luca Garza with like the, I think it was the 50 sec, uh, 52nd pick. I think he selected him with in the mock draft and Pistons fans went crazy saying, Oh, why would you draft him? He's not even gonna have a chance to be an NBA player. You can't move, blah, blah. So it's been funny. It's been funny to actually see that change. Cause now he's like a big fan favorite and everyone loves him. So, but yeah, my initial thoughts was, uh, I'm not sure about this because everything I've heard, not many people are high on him possibly being able to be an NBA player, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, that, it's funny you say that. I feel like a lot of people feel that way about Luka Garza um, coming into the NBA. Anyone who didn't watch Luka Garza play college basketball were thinking, well, clearly, you know, we, we understand he can play offense, but can he play defense? You're looking at what, um, you know, mock draft and draft, ex- draft experts are saying about him. Um, I think from an Iowa perspective, our thoughts were Luka Garza finds a way to succeed regardless of the situation. And he's going to outwork every single person on that court every single night. And I think we saw glimpses of that in the summer league. So based off of this summer league performance, what are your reactions now? What is the the sentiment in Piston Nation? Well, can I ask you just one question real quick? Absolutely, man. Go for it. Have you sp- have you seen or spoken to Luca's uh, father? Was he like a big vocal person in, when he was at college? I have. I've actually had Frank on the show a couple of times. Frank is a phenomenal guy. Um, just so much positive energy, uh, awesome guy all around and, uh, Iowa fans absolutely adore Frank. Well, he, it's the same thing here in Detroit because he, (laughs) ever since Luca Garza got drafted, he has been absolutely like the Pistons number one fan on Twitter. He's been tweeting all of us in Pistons. I don't know how he found all of us already, but he found all of us in Pistons Twitter. He sends us like almost every day training videos of Luca or, or good messages about Luca and asks us all. He's like every single day, he's constantly tweeting at us and everyone absolutely loves him. He makes it impossible to root against Luca. Uh, so he does, man. I he's to a see. good dude. Yeah. He's a great guy. Um, I actually think about getting him on the pocket soon for myself, but yeah, definitely a good guy. He's made it hard to root against Luca, but the summer league, um, it's kind of some mixed reactions for me, at least. So first, his outside shot definitely was a surprise for me. Uh, I didn't think he'd be shooting it like that in, in the summer league, and he definitely was – the shot looked really nice. Uh, you kind of hit on it when you just talked about it. Obviously, a lot of Iowa people will know. Uh, but he absolutely, he just goes out there and just works much harder than anybody else. His motor is, like, constantly 100%. Now, his motor may not equate to him getting faster, but you can see that like he's absolutely out there giving it his all nonstop. And the Pistons fans love that, especially in like in Detroit sports. That's one of the things that attracts you to the fan base. So he he absolutely gives it his all nonstop. His offensive game is really polished. Um, he he has really good footwork in the post. Uh he showed off a little bit of passing ability. I don't know if that was just uh quick flashes or if that's actually part of his game. But he did show up a few like on the uh, live dribble backdoor passes, which were pretty nice to see. Um, but yeah, outside of that, he was really good offensively, I think. Uh, and that's the thing that kind of holds me up a little bit because I'm a Pistons fan and I saw Dewan Summers destroy the summer league. And a lot of people say, a lot of people are entering into summer league was like, yeah, Luca Garza is going to be one of those guys who would be able to dominate summer league. His game matches up for summer league, be able to dominate guys, you know. There's aren't NBA players. He's stronger, more skillful than them offensively, and they're not really going to scheme against him defensively to showcase his weaknesses. But his performance in some league offensively was really good. Defensively, um, I think that we saw ways for him to try to find a way to fit in the NBA. Uh, his, he did lose a lot of weight. I believe he said he lost like 25 pounds already, yep. uh, which definitely helps him a lot. 
Um, he's not the, he's still not very fast uh, laterally at all. Uh, his foot speed isn't that fast either. Uh, but what he did, I, I hope that this is like something that has been told to him because you kind of saw it tick up as once he became the starter in the summer league, I believe after the second game. Um, he started becoming like one of those guys who just really positions himself well on defensive glass and like removes like second opportunities. Uh, and if you're going to be a bad defender, and for me personally, I, it's hard for me to see like a route to where he can become a passable defender in the NBA, just because I think like teams in the NBA are going to scheme against you every night. Like if they're on the floor, they're going to put him in pick and rolls every single time. They're going to get him involved in action. I just don't know how he'd react to that. But the way I see him possibly being able to stick on the floor is if he's going to be one of those guys who's a really good team defender and eliminate second opportunities for the uh, for the other team, that will keep you on the floor if you're a really good defensive uh, rebounder, especially if you're as good offensively as he was in the summer league. So that's my thoughts from his summer league. What's the deal, guys? There are some things in life that you just don't really want to talk about. You know, issues in a relationship, family problems, or more importantly, sweating through your t-shirt in the public for no reason when out with the boys. Yet, you heard me right, everyone has been there, including myself. Simply wearing deodorant doesn't help it either, but sweat block antiperspirant wipes can help. Sweat block is doctor-created and doctor-recommended. You simply apply it at night before bedtime and go to bed, then wake up the next day and do your normal routines like nothing ever happened, except this time without the worry of sweating through your t-shirt. Sweatblock works for up to seven days per use and has a dry shirt guarantee. If Sweatblock doesn't keep your shirt dry, you get your money back instantly. If you or someone you know is dealing with this worst issue in life of sweating through your t-shirt, tell them all about Sweatblock. Get it today for 20% off at Sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON. Again, get it today for 20% off at Sweatblock.com with promo code LOCKEDON or at Amazon and CVS. Get Sweatblock now and stop sweating. Do you guys have a knee apart for your car? Head to the store, go through a ton of confusing questioning just for one of the workers to tell you that they don't have the part that you're looking for. I know I have. That's why you should avoid all these problems and rock with another one of our sponsors, rockauto.com. Find whatever part you're looking for on your computer or in your hand by using rockauto.com. Don't worry about having to create an account or making a membership. Just head over to rockauto.com and start shopping. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest and most reliable prices. Head over to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Sorry about that, guys. You guys know we had to get the ad reads in there, so we'll go right back into the interview and the crossover with Andrew Wade talking about Luca Garza defensively and his performance in the Summer League. That makes sense. Yeah, I saw the I saw the first couple of games and the last couple of games I was in um, in Alaska, so I didn't get a chance to watch those. But um, I thought on the pick and roll, you could tell – they were targeting him, right? And they would put, you know, put guards against him and they were um, going to the basket. I personally thought defensively on the pick and roll, it was better than what I anticipated. I know that's not necessarily saying that he was, it was good, but I thought he was better than what I anticipated. And then from a second chance point opportunity, I completely agree. I think the thing with Luca you're going to get is everything within his power that he can control, he will control, right? So if he is able to at least just put himself in good positioning, he will be there. He will not magically gain a significant amount of athleticism, but he will make sure that he is at least in the way. And I felt like he did a good job with that several times. I watched a couple of his games of just getting in the way, right? He wasn't going to be able to necessarily block the shot or do anything dangerous, but he was just getting in the way of folks. And I thought that was better than what we could expect. And then, as you mentioned, the offensive game, uh, it's tough to keep a guy like that. I feel like off the court when he can post up and he can also shoot the three. Um, So that leads me into my next question. The Pistons roster doesn't have a lot of 
uh, you know, veteran type of players. When you look at the center position, Jill Okafor, another guy not known for playing defense at all. I, I would say not for a lack of uh, ability, but for lack of trying. Um, in my personal opinion, where does Luca fit into this roster? I know he got a two-way deal, but where does he fit into this roster long-term, do you feel like? Well, the Pistons currently have 16 people on the roster. So one of them is going to have to go. I think all of us in Pistons Twitter and everyone who covers the Pistons, we've all basically assumed it's going to be Julio Okafor. We'd be shocked if it's not him getting waived soon to make space. Uh, they don't have to do it until the opening night. They can walk into the training camp or whatever with 20 people, I believe. So it doesn't have to happen soon, but we're all basically assuming it's going to be Julio Okafor just gets waived. Uh, but for Luca Garza, he got two-way contract. I expect him to spend a lot of his time in the G League. Uh, the Pistons have uh, Isaiah Stewart and Kelly Olynyk already as their centers right now. They just paid Kelly Olynyk all the, a lot of money, so he's going to play a lot. Obviously, Isaiah Stewart's going to play a lot. And Isaiah Stewart actually, I think is I think Isaiah Stewart is a is a reason why a lot of Pistons fans are really like fans of Luca Garza as well. Um, and it's it's another thing why I said after the summer league, I won the pockets and said, you know what, I understand why you'd take a bet on this guy. If there's a guy you want to take a bet on late in the second round, it's this type of guy. And it's the same thing with Isaiah Stewart. And it's the fact that we just watched Isaiah Stewart at the beginning of the season. Like in the preseason, I came on, so I didn't think this dude would be capable of playing NBA minutes at all right now. He just doesn't look like he's ready. And he's one of those guys, like you like you described about Luca, just goes out 100% motor. He has tremendous work ethic. He knows what he needs to get better at. He's very self-aware. He's, he's not cocky. Like he knows what he needs to get better at. And he's going to do what he has to do to get better at that. And he has incredible work ethic, incredible motor. And a guy like that is the kind of guy that you don't bet against. Like, he may have all these deficiencies, but if they have that type of attitude and that kind of work ethic and that type of will to learn and get better, you don't bet against that kind of guy. So I think it's that kind of same thing with Luka. So I don't expect him to play many minutes at all this season. I expect him to spend a lot of time in the G League getting a lot of good run. Um, I just don't think the Pistons have much room for him to play right now. I think maybe towards the end of the season when they're like officially out the playoffs or whatever, and they're just like getting young guys minutes. I think that's when you'll see him get called up. Uh, also injuries. If like something happens with Kelly Olenek or Isaiah Stewart, he gets hurt. Uh, I, I Knock on wood, but hopefully nothing serious, but injuries are part of rotation every single year. Everyone deals with injuries. So if they deal with injuries at the center spot, obviously he'll get called up. And I think then he'll get some minutes. But outside that, I think he's going to spend a lot of time in the G league developing, playing against guys, um, and then towards the end of the year, we may see him get some spot minutes. Makes sense. And um, Luke Garza signing that two-way deal. Sounds like you are a fan of of doing that and signing him to two, two year or the two-way deal. Excuse me. That way he can play in the G League, get minutes while the minutes are there, and then if needed, he can be called up and play on the active NBA roster. Would that be an accurate statement? Yeah, I was. I was a very big fan of that. I, I wasn't. I don't know if I wanted to give him a full roster spot simply because we. I don't. I didn't expect him to really be like an important part of the roster right now. Uh, also, like you said, I'd like him to stay in the G League for a while and, and get some work down there. Um, I know a lot of people, it's still like catching – G League's still trying to catch up in that terms of uh, like uh, perception amongst fans and stuff. Uh, but it's not a bad thing at all to be in the G League. It, it really isn't – like to be down there and developing, it's really good. Rather than sitting on the bench not getting any run, it's better to be down there developing, getting run, and, and focus, especially if your team – has a G League team because then they're basically setting out a plan for you when you're down there. It's not just you go down there playing pickup. There's a plan for you down there. So that's why I really wanted to do, and obviously the team agreed. So I think it's going to be good for him, and I can't wait to see what happens. Very exciting stuff. The other guy I wanted to quickly cover is um, former Iowa basketball player Tyler Cook. Tyler Cook has been bouncing around NBA rosters since joining the NBA um, or coming into the league, I should say. And last year I felt like he had a pretty solid – 
um, back end of the season for the Pistons. Obviously, they're getting a lot of young guys, some big minutes. He signed a contract, but was subsequently released a few weeks before the G League, a few weeks before his salary was guaranteed. What are your thoughts on Tyler Cook, and where do you feel like he is going to end up, and will that be the Pistons? Uh, I don't think he has any chance with the Pistons. I think the Pistons have their roster set. Uh, just don't – they've also filled their two-way contract, so it's just uh, he's not going to come back here. Um, I hope that he ends up getting on somewhere. I don't want anyone to be out the NBA. I thought it was really cool and really – and really that's really cool of Troy Weaver to give him a full guaranteed contract in that last season because he had been jumping around team to team to team. I believe he even, like, hopped around from, like, three different teams just last year. I know he played for Brooklyn a little bit last year. I don't know what the other team was. Um, but he definitely had been hopping around team to team, and it was cool that Troy Weaver gave him a full contract. His play down the line with the Pistons. So you, you'll you'll notice this from people who listen to this listen to this podcast and happen to like know me or listen to me or anything. You'll hear this. I wasn't the biggest fan of Tyler Cook. I saw what he did. He he did have a a, a good enough close of the season to guarantee guarantee himself a contract for the Pistons, which was nice, and I'm happy for that. But the thing with Tyler Cook is is that like. He's like in this, and and also I don't feel like the pist. He he was really being used the best type of way as well. But I I, I could say that about a lot of pistons last year, uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna get if if you get me on that, I'll rant for a while. But uh, I, the thing about Tyler Cook is that he's kind of like a, I feel like he's kind of like a center and like a like a tweener body, and he can't really he can't shoot at all, and and that kind of hurts. But he's really best used as like a lap threat in the pick and roll widow because he has insane bunnies. And he can really throw the ball down. So, like a lot of times, the Pistons would be having him in the corner. And he did do a good job cutting to the rim, trying to get cuts and and dump offs on on dunks, whatever. But the real thing is, is like he doesn't really provide much value, in my opinion, outside of, you know, lobs or cutting to the rim dunks. And I, I feel like he really struggled on I, he struggled a bit on defense. Um, he definitely struggled rebounding the ball a lot. Uh, that, like I said, that's more of the fact that he's like being played as a big guy when it's not really like that's. His body doesn't really necessarily say big guy, especially against NBA caliber big guys. So he struggled in the rebounding department. Uh, he can't really shoot outside at all, really. Um, I don't think he has that great of touch either. They tried giving him a lot of post-ups, and he he didn't do very well with that. Honestly, if he was just like – I feel like if he was just a little bit stronger and bigger, he could try to convert to being simply a lap threat, set good screens, and just rim roll and try to create gravity off of that. Um, I don't know if that's possible. But that's really his only role right now in the NBA. I hope a team gives him a chance and he is able to do that kind of thing. I hope they use him correctly and try to use him just like a lap threat running towards the rim because that's basically why I think his only role possible possibility is an NBA. Um, but for the Pistons, he definitely – and also he didn't have a good showing at all for himself in summer league. I'm sure you saw that he was yep. – after the first game, he was trending on Twitter. Uh, Pistons fans were not being very nice to him. But um, – so I think they actually were trying to give him a chance to like compete for that second two-way contract after being released. And he just didn't do a very good job of that at all. I believe he actually got, was even played in one of the summer league games. So yeah, I, I hope he get latches on somewhere else. He definitely did have a good close to the season last year, but after that he struggled to really hang on, which sucked to see, but I hope he gets another chance somewhere. Thank you, man. I appreciate the the insight there as well. Um, unfortunately, you know, for Tyler Cook, but um, awesome stuff hearing about Luka Garza. Hope Tyler Cook can latch onto a spot, and hopefully, Luka Garza can make an impact at the NBA level at some point this season. Um, where can where can the folks find you at for more analysis? Obviously, I'm sure that a lot of people on this uh, listening to this podcast follow Frank Garza. I'm sure they see him tagging you as well. But where can the folks find your awesome work because they want to hear more about Luka Garza and the Detroit Pistons? 
So you can also find me on Twitter at Kukahill MBA. You can find my podcast Locked On Pistons, just like you can find this one on all your uh, podcast platforms. Uh, you can find it over there. Also, I'm on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. I also write articles over at Detroit Bad Boys at SB Nation. So make sure you check me out over there. And we're going to have a lot of fun with Luka Garza. He basically became the fan favorite, the fan favorite in, in Detroit. It's, it's crazy to see. So definitely it's going to be a fun season with him. Love it, man. Well, Koo, thank you so much for hopping on. I appreciate your insight. We'll have to have you on again later. And I highly recommend you get Frank on. Frank is a hoot, man. <laughs> I definitely. Betting is now legal in Michigan. And if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there's one problem I constantly ran into. There's just so many different apps to bet through. Which betting app is the best to use? Which one is the best for me? That's why I found BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NBA season may be over, but the NFL is starting back up and the MLB is still in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, BetOnline has you covered there too. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, things I didn't even know you could bet on. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, what's going on, guys? I hope you guys enjoyed that crossover with Andrew Wade of Lockdown Hawkeyes. Make sure, once again, to go check him out and his podcast out. Uh, definitely had a great conversation about Luca Garza, about his summer league performance, about his outlook for the Pistons, etc. Talked a little bit about Tyler, like you guys heard. I hope you guys enjoyed all of that. So, however, we're going to end the podcast talking about the starting center debate and the whole rotation at the center spot, really, of Isaiah Stewart versus Kelly Olenek. So I brought this up on Twitter today, and I guess it kind of, I mean, I, I kind of expected it to go this way because I know Isaiah Stewart has a lot of big fans out there. I'm a fan of Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart's a good player. So, I, But I know he has a lot of stands out there and a lot of fans of people who love him. So any idea about him not starting or anything, even the slight bit uh, people would feel like that's kind of like attacking him or like criticizing him, people won't take well. But I feel like it's a topic that has to be discussed, and honestly it's a real debate. And I don't, I'm interested to see where the Pistons go with it. So, basically, if you guys listen to the podcast all offseason, you guys know what I wanted in free agency in the draft. I really wanted the Pistons to go out and get a bouncy rim-running lob threat who can protect the rim on the defensive end. Like someone super long, someone like the prototypical like DeAndre Jordan kind of thing. You know, Jared Allen, uh, Daniel Gafford, stuff like that. Players like that that can, you know, Clint Capella, another player like that. Uh, get someone like that. doesn't have to be obviously as good as them. Those guys, uh, a lot of those guys just named, especially Jared Allen, who just got paid an all-star kind of guys, at least used to be with DeAndre Jordan. But basically just that kind of player to have a lap threat on the team, that's what I wanted. But the team went in a different direction and said, you know what, instead of going for a lap threat, we're going to go for spacing the floor five out and try to get Kelly Olynyk, who, once again, will make that happen to where everyone on the court will be able to shoot. It'll open up driving lanes. It'll make it easier to get to the basket. You can open up pick-and-pop situations. You can punish switches when you switch a guard on the Kelly Olenek things. Those are all kinds of things you can do when you have a pick-and-pop guy of the caliber of Kelly Olenek. So I was fine with that because it accomplishes the same thing just in different ways. Uh, I, me, I prefer to have that lob threat. I just I feel like that would be better for Killian. But I also see the the positives about that pick-and-pop threat, which we've talked about in the podcast before when they signed Kelly Olenek. So fast forward. To the start of the season. Who starts then? 
Because I believe all of us are in agreement. I know there's a, some of you guys, and there's, there is some conversation, at least a little bit to be had, about whether Killian and Cade actually start. I think all of us basically agree and have, understand that that's going to happen. Killian and Cade will start together in the backcourt, at least to start, I think. At, at the very least, they're going to start there, and if things just go so badly and they just can't make it work, whatever, all that, then maybe they bench one of them. But I really think that's just going to be the backcourt of the future. I think I think that's just what it is. I, I'm, I'm ready for it. So... Who fits better with them? Who like makes their life better? I think that's the question that has to be asked. So before we get into that, let me just say, one of you guys said to me today, it depends what the the outlook on this season is. The outlook on this season is all about development, then obviously you start Isaiah Stewart. I disagree with that. I think this season, well, first off, I think Killian Hayes is higher on the, on the like, I, all of them are on the list of like, okay, we need to get these guys going, we need to get, develop these guys, etc. obviously. But I think Killian's higher on that list than Isaiah Stewart. I think a lot of you guys would agree that Killian is pretty high on that list of we need to develop this guy. Like, I think he's damn near towards the top only behind K Cunningham. I'm not going to lie. So I think his development is more important. So it's kind of, it's, so if you're already having Cade, or not Cade, Killian, playing next to Cade, which is going to be a little bit of adjustment they have to try to work through and get together and, you know, gel together. If you're having them do that, you also need to try to make it to where, like, they're comfortable. You need to make life easier on them as much as possible. And in my opinion, I think if you're going for that, Kelly Olenek needs to start um, because I think they're going to need as much space as possible to be able to operate, especially Killian Hayes, uh, especially if you give him like a five out floor and a spread out floor, uh, there's no d- help defense coming to him at the rim. If it does, Killian is like the most perfect guy on the roster to take advantage of guys coming off of help and help defense. If you've watched Killian last year, you even watched him in the summer league as well. I think that we see that he's capable of shaking his defender and getting a, a step on his defender into the paint. It's more so when the help comes, what can he do? Uh, he can't really get to the rim all the way sometimes. He hesitates doing that. Uh, if it's a spaced out floor, five out, and he's able to get to the rim on his guy, which I think he'll be able to do uh, consistently if he's going one-on-one or even in pick-and-roll situations, if he's able to do that, there's two things you're opening up for him. You're opening up easy looks at the rim if help defense does not come, which is good, which is major for his confidence and his ability to finish around the rim. Or two, help defense is coming. Like I said already, Killian is the most perfect guy on the roster to take advantage of help defense coming his way. And if he's actually kicking out to shooters this time instead of like, you know, Josh Jackson over and over and Hamadou Diallo over and over like last year, his assist numbers are going up and the offense is just going to be really nice. It's going to be really cool to see. So that's my argument for why I think Kelly Olynyk is the better fit here. Uh, this is all assuming. Now, Isaiah Stewart could take a step forward. He could have made a big improvement in one of these areas, in, in one of the, uh, the shooting beyond the arc distance or shooting beyond the arc area. Uh, there's reason to be a little bit concerned about that, in my opinion. So if you guys remember on the podcast, I asked towards the end of the season, I want to see you just get up a lot of threes, Isaiah. The, they're forfeiting basically the end of the season. It's all about development. Go out there, play freely, and launch up a bunch of threes, get some more volume on and see what it looks like then. So he did do that over the final 10 games. And in these final 10 games, he averaged three and a half three-pointers a, a game, but he shot only 25% on these threes. So once the volume ticked up a little bit more, his percentage started crashing down. I believe he was hovering around like 40% on like very limited attempts, though. Very limited attempts. Uh, but once he shot up the volume, it wasn't looking so good. He had a lot of bad misses, which you hadn't seen before uh, before in that season. He didn't have that many like misses off the backboard or air balls. He had a few of those down the stretch in these final 10 games. So, obviously... This is all assuming that Isaiah Stewart is the player from last season. Now, that may say, you may say, okay, cool, that's stupid to assume. Isaiah Stewart has great work ethic. He's going to be better. He may very well could be, but we don't know that yet. So all we have to operate on is last year. So in order for Isaiah Stewart to be a better fit, for my, in my opinion, off the bat, 
for that backcourt, he's going to have to take a step forward in that outside shooting. And if he doesn't do that, I think the better fit is Kelly Olynyk. And even if Isaiah Stewart does do that, I still think Kelly Olynyk probably would be the better fit just because of how how versatile and how lethal he is offensively. I think the offense really needs that, especially, like I said, the main point for me is that backcourt needs as much help as possible. Or, like, you need to give them as much help as possible to adjust, to gel together, especially Killian. I think we're all, none of us are really worried about Cade. We know what Cade's going to become. We know what he's going to be. We know how good he is. He's going to be able to be great in just about anything they do for him. Killian is the guy that we're a little bit more worried about. And I think he's the second person on the team that on the list of we, guys we need to make sure we develop, guys we need to bring, make sure we bring along. And if you're trying to do that, I think Kelly Olynyk needs to start. Um, the argument for Isaiah Stewart, though, he was a little bit better defensively this past season than people thought he was going to be, especially around the rim. So, like, for example, over these final 10 games, uh, seven of them, though, yeah, seven of them in which he started, he averaged 2.3 blocks per game. Uh, he actually was doing a really good job around the rim once his minutes ticked up and he became a starter a little bit more often. Uh, if you extend that all the way back to where his one of his first starts came on April 5th, you back it all the way up to then. Then you're looking at him averaging 1.9 blocks a game. That's over 21 games. On the season, Isaiah Stewart ended up averaging just a little over 1.3 blocks per game. So overall, he did a pretty good job protecting the rim, much better job than people thought he was going to be. I think all of us, no, nobody really expected him to be that good of a defender because the the idea of him coming out of college was that he couldn't get off the ground. He's not that athletic. It's going to hurt him in all these areas, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that turned out not to be true so far in his rookie season. So I think the argument for him would be he'd be able to set a defensive intensity that the team may need and his physicality and his aggression uh, and his energy as well could be needed in the starting line to like set the tone early in games. Uh, that's the argument for Isaiah Stewart. The thing is, I don't... Once again, I think... I, should, I guess I should have started off with this. I think the Pistons are going to choose Isaiah Stewart because, you know, he's a young guy and they need to see more of him. They want to see him develop, etc. I think they're going to choose Isaiah Stewart. I just think that if you're looking at what's best for Killian and you're looking at what's best for that backcourt of Killian and Kay Cunningham, I just think that Olenek offers more of a more of a premium or more of a, I don't know, like to, there's a better chance to help have that backcourt gel quicker together. I think Isaiah Stewart, if you're not going to have a floor spacing center, then you need a lob threat because that creates its own gravity around the rim and pick and rolls. It doesn't have to be just spacing to create gravity like you know people say about Steph Curry and the shooting gravity that you see people talk about all the time. You also create that same type of gravity with pick and rolls to the rim. It causes defenses to sink in. It causes defenses' attention to go towards the guy that's able to you know throw down all these crazy lobs from different angles. That That's a big threat at the rim, and that causes its own gravity. So I think those are one of the two options that the team really needed to make this backcourt kind of function the best or give it the best chance to function the best at the very start. And I don't think Isaiah Stewart is either of those right now. If he does develop and he developed that outside shot this season, he like added that, then obviously, okay, then he, he brings that and you can probably start him and get away with it a little bit longer. However, I, right now, if we're just assuming that he is not going to take that big of a jump to where he's just all of a sudden a stretch big, I just feel like that Kelly Olenek probably is a better the better fit for that backcourt and that offense overall in the starting in the starting lineup. I mean, if you're looking at Killian Hayes, Kay Cunningham, Sadiq Bay, uh, Jeremy Grant, and Kelly Olynyk, all four there's four guys in that lineup that you believe can spread the floor really, really well. Kelly, uh, uh, Killian Hayes, you're hoping that he gets uh, better from out out there, but even if he doesn't, if he's operating the ball, like I said already, driving lanes are wide open, not just for him, but Jeremy Grant for. 
Kay Cunningham and, and some of you guys who constantly berate me and say you want to see Sadiq Bey dribble the ball more, or drive to the rim more, or do stuff like that. That would make it a lot easier on Sadiq too. He's going one-on-one, has more uh, wider dri- driving lanes. So I think that helps the offense more for this starting lineup if you start Kelly Olenek. I know the defensive concerns may not be – are legit, I should say. However, I don't think the Pistons are trying to like make the playoffs this year. And also, I, I think that they can get by defensively because of their length. They won't be like world beaters or anything, but I think they can get by with it because of their length, and they're pretty switchable across the entire starting lineup anyways. Uh, and As long as they're not just supremely awful, I don't think it's that big of a deal, especially if it's helping your young guys develop and, and, and makes, the, makes the starting lineup gel a little bit better on offense and has the offense smooth, uh, running smoothly. I think that's a, that's, a, that's a switch off that you take right there. But that's just my opinion. I know a lot of people will not like to hear that because they love Isaiah Stewart. I like Isaiah Stewart too. If he develops that kind of thing, I have no problem with him starting. He's probably going to start anyways. I'm just saying if you're looking at it from a strict, strictly fit perspective, I, I don't think there's any way you can deny that Kelly Olenek probably fits better with this starting lineup anyways. I, I don't think you can deny that. If you put your fan fan goggles to the side and just look at it objectively, I just don't think there's any way you can say Kelly Olenek doesn't fit better with this starting lineup. But let me know what you guys think uh, down below in the reviews. Make sure you guys, if you haven't already, give me a five-star review and write down your thoughts in the reviews down below. I appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you follow me on at NBA on Twitter. Uh, let me know your thoughts over there as well. I appreciate you guys for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the crossover with Andrew Wade talking about Luca Garza. And until the next podcast, I'll see you guys later. Should be tomorrow on Wednesday. I'll see you guys then, and peace out, everybody.